step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Welcome, one and all, to the second part of Champions, our review of Norwich City's EFL Championship 2018-19 season, and I think it's about to get a bit good. I am Pink and Show and podcast host Michael Bailey. Hello there. And uh, helping us relive a gloriously epic season across all five parts is a man who only sees numbers in yellow and green, Twitter's very own NCFC numbers, Steve Sanders. Steve, we got some uh, juicy stuff on the way, I hope. Yeah, I think this is the part of the season where we went from cautiously optimistic to something's going to happen here. So, yep, plenty to come. I love it. You were. I'm not sure if I was. We'll see if Tom was. Uh, in case you missed part one, we've split the season into five chunks and we're going to relive each one with a different guest at a different venue. Hear your views, the pick of Steve's stats and absorb the last drops of a stunning season that saw Norwich City take the championship by storm. And part two finds us here at The Nest, the Community Sports Foundation's new project, hopefully soon to be their new home and the sort of place that truly underlines the football club's importance to the community. Hashtag build the nest. Okay. Uh, right, uh, look who we have drafted in for part two, by the way. It's a long come Norwich podcast host and genuine friendly face, Tom Parsley. Hi, thank you so much for noticing the friendly face. I thought you'd like that bit, I have to be honest. Mm. Well, I, I do my best to be welcoming to all. There you go, he said it. How are you, Tom? I'm very good, thank you very much. I'm just, just starting to level out again, the emotions after that incredible fortnight or so of just celebrating almost every day. It, it did get a bit like that, didn't it? Uh, what now, you might have um, mentioned this before we started pressing record and what have you, but what did you predict to the start of the season? Uh, I'd said that this was a squad that would just about get into the playoffs with a better manager. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well... Which I could pretend I could I could go on to alongcomenorwich.com and delete the article, which also included me predicting Sheffield United getting relegated. I mean, fairness, getting two or two is is, is pretty good. Uh, I mean, would Norwich have broken a hundred points then with a better manager? Do you think? Uh, probably not. Spoiler alert, by the way. Um, can you assess City season in a few sentences? Yeah. Would you like me to now? Yeah, yeah. Um, now the, is a good opportunity, uh, I think. I actually, before we the end of the question, no, so. No. Uh, Surprising from staff through to uh, players, just a series of unexpected turn ups for the books, um, going against everything from a, a numbers point of view. Because you know, from statistical predictions, we shouldn't have been able to do it with the money we spent, we shouldn't be able to do it with the resources we had, we shouldn't be able to do it with the track record of the management team or the staff. So, yeah, I think it is just a series of, of pleasant surprises. Well, in that case, shall we get on with the pleasant surprises? And we start off this uh, part two at Derby with a 1-1 draw. How terribly exciting. Now, um, curiously, this this was the only league game I missed all uh, season in terms of being there in person. And for me, I have to be honest, this was the one, bizarrely, where I thought, 
that they've got something about them. They're, they're, they're mainly because they just went about the game in such a positive manner. They created really good chances. They played really well away from home against a side that was, well, decent, you know, decent manager, well put together, and had real energy. And I, I guess it was maybe just being a little bit separated from work for the evening. But I was like they look really good and it almost surprised me but you know that from a 1-1 draw where they probably should have won to be honest but for Craig Bryson's um, sort of shying away thigh um, yeah how did you think? Uh, it was really impressive uh, I watched it from afar um, stream, stream wise um, and legally I hope yeah. of, of course um, I always follow I, I don't really uh, I, don't, I can't be honest and, uh, sorry I've got to be honest I can't say that I thought at that point this is a team that's going to win the league or, or going to get promotion neither did I I'm not saying that okay. you know I, uh, but, but certainly I, I, I felt that they were still we were still too easy to stop and, and break up we, we, I don't think we'd hit our stride there really um, and, and that kind of comes up in, in you know, the game that followed that as well where we were kind of stifled at home to Stoke at that point we were showing really good spells but they were still far too sporadic for, for the game for me to, to really jump on the bandwagon at that point Steve what did you think of it all? Yeah, I think Tom's right uh, it, was, it was a good performance um, and, but it wasn't quite we weren't quite there yet I don't think and actually um, one of the things I was going to talk about was the fact that this is the last time that we conceded in the last 20 minutes away from home and we were kind of under the cosh towards the end of the game if I remember rightly whereas a lot of the games after that sorry I say it was the last time it was the last time it counted Bamford's, Bamford's um, consolation for Leeds uh, but the rest of the games it felt like we were kind of pushing towards the end whereas this one it was a good performance but Derby could have nicked it towards the end that said uh, it would have been six in a row six wins in a row this um, and the other ones were, were all narrow wins where we beat teams who were kind of around the middle or lower half of the table generally this was against a really good team away from home and it was a good performance and we thoroughly deserved that point so it it did feel like it was a point gained if you see what I mean yeah 100% I think this was the this was the wobble that we expected yeah. um, again coming off the back of what had been a really good run um, we were thinking yeah but you know you're not going to go six, seven, eight wins on the bounce side what kind of team does that <laughs> um, and at that point that, that would have been very very out of character for us so um, you would again if you sat down and went through all the fixtures at the start of the season you would go Derby away midway through the season with the kind of form that you'd expect them to be hitting with you know um him in charge I'd take take an away point now um, and, and, and the way the game panned out yeah f- fair enough but I don't actually remember there being that many clear chances in that game it, it was it was quite stodgy like I didn't it didn't feel like it was it wasn't loads of bars being hit and like goal line clearances or anything there was one uh, which was Cantwell just before half time I think it was it Pookie who played him in and he it would have been his first goal for the club and he just snatched at it and he hit it straight at the keeper but that was the, I think you're right that was the only one that and I you compare that to that. almost anything yeah. from kind of February onwards where you go well here's the nine goals that we missed you know because we <laughs> yeah. were just, by then we were just creating just constant in waves indeed well let's put it down to the uh, to the buds the buds of success as I saw it anyway um, Norwich followed that up then with a visit at home from Stoke which was what we can now officially classify as a rare home defeat and to a own goal in a game where Norwich Still, you know, they dominated it. They they didn't have that many. I think there were two or three really guilt-edged chances, but you know, generally they shouldn't have lost one nil. And you kind of thought it was just one of those tough old days at the office. But likewise, against the Stoke side, who probably quite used to, even though they were struggling, they were used to shutting up shop and seeing how long they could ride games out because they did it all the season before in the Premier League before they got relegated. Yeah, well, this was my this game was my. Um, 
I suppose you'd call it Michael Bailey Leeds Twitter moment because I posted it was the lowest share of possession of any winning team at Carrow Road for I think it was two or three years 31.1% and of course I kind of did it innocently but then Stoke have this history of winning without having any of the ball from the Pulis days so they were very much like they were very much talking about it of well you can't win with having the ball and to be fair they were right because we had all the possession but like you say we didn't create a lot and although Stoke were lucky to win they did see it out pretty well yeah they did manage it I mean what I would say is you can win 1-0 uh, via an own goal without having touched the ball all game if you want even though if you physically could happen um, um, I suppose to a degree but uh, yeah it, I mean it was it was a funny one wasn't it because again the crowd reaction was probably the other thing that the game is, is, is memorable for in terms of we hadn't really seen that before have we no, Norwich losing a game like that but everyone seemed to really appreciate what had happened for 90 minutes even though they lost yeah I think the it was the the way in which they kept they kept on coming and coming and coming, even though they weren't like the guilt chances. The fact there'd been a good run of um, performances at home up to that point, and I think anyone could see, even even people who edge on the, the, the half-empty side of the cup like myself, that if you have battered a team for that long, sometimes it, it just genuinely isn't your day. Mm. Um, th- that was an example, though, again, that, that, that and, and the derby, that was a period of the season where I was thinking, we're, we're still too easy to stop. You know, it's, it's too easy to blunt us. If you shouldn't be, we should be, if you're going to play the football that says we're going to have the ball the whole time, then you have to find ways to break down teams. You go, fine, have it. I don't care. Um, and, and obviously at that point in the season, we hadn't quite done that. We hadn't got the right combinations in the right areas to do that with the personnel. We, you know, obviously we settled on different personnel later in the season. Um, but you're right. The, the, that was maybe the, the start of, of us starting to realize actually Carroll Road is going to be with these players um, for, for 90 or 98 minutes you know come rain or shine whatever's happening on the pitch we you know we we really are staying behind them and but a lot of that is through the, the effort of the players and the fact that they kept on producing and um, it does make it a lot easier but i think the chemistry was really starting to to kind of fire them well should we talk about where it all started with along along come norwich it wasn't just you guys of course because it was the barkley barkley and norwich um and other guys well and the club obviously had to back it as well because i remember if we take it back to the season before no one was allowed flags in the ground yeah so the um john and, and andy um who deserve the the lion's share of the credit from a long come norwich point of view um from 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 working with thomas and the others at, at barkley and norwich they it was very much bit by bit they were allowed um something like 50 flags um, and they had to be exact heights and exact widths and exact materials and that all of that specification had to go backwards and forwards with the club um, before they were allowed to have it in one half a block um, and it started out in a block and then gradually we, we had that huge surfer banner pride of Anglia um, at uh, the Ipswich game um, and, and that, that that was a real kind of moment where, where you thought oh the club is really buying into this now um, and really what the club over the course of the season changed their stance even within those few months from again earlier in the season we were, we were allowed more but still having to really fight to say honestly it makes you look good if we do this it's not we're not just doing it for the fun of it um, the, they started to recognise how much response they were getting um, and it was around that time of the season Season when the picture that the club official Twitter uh, and the pictures on the club sites etc and in the programmes that were being used of the preceding games was a shot of the Barkley with all the flags and you go yeah so you're, you're using that to show look how great it is to come to Carrow Road <laughs> maybe maybe work with us to try and to try and, to try and do it and, and to, to be to, to, to Ben's credit I mean you know 
Ben made sure that there was a top-down adoption of it. So Delia and Michael have been hugely supportive from day one, as has Tom, Tom Smith as well. Um, but 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 Ben... Ben Kensel. Yeah, Ben Kensel, yeah. Um, specifically made, made it clear that if anyone was going to play, oh, well, I might have to refer that up that game was kind of taken on well, there was no one at the club that could say well I don't know I don't know what senior management would think well senior management are on board Zoe loves it everyone's behind it Stuart Webber said in interviews that he loved it so um, yeah that, that was the period of the season where it got enough momentum that the boys Andy and, and John who who you know work on the designs and, and the choreography of all the flags and stuff um, they started to be even more ambitious about well maybe we could ask for this and maybe we could ask for that and we started to get more yeses than no's I mean it is the sight of this season and the way that the Barclay basically transformed and we obviously had the scarves that were being held up at the start of the game that was away from home and across the entire ground and as fans you must be hugely proud about having that sort of influence on the ground and I, I guess sometimes there's criticism that comes with it too because like any fans you, people don't want to be um, imposed on or think they're being dictated to so that's a difficult balance isn't it yeah we, again Lorne and, and, and Punt are, are the two that have had the, the huge you know they've put all the hard yards in and I I, I chair the podcast with them and, and work on, on the website etc but um, it, I'm immensely proud of them because they've put so much of their time and passion and hours into it and, and there's so many we, we put a tweet out uh, recently about uh, all of the individual um, volunteers because it isn't just if it was just the two of them it would take them a week um, you know we have between seven and ten people um, coming an hour and a half two hours before kickoff to to come in and put all those flags out and, and set it all out for the Ipswich display for example there was there was more like 15 of us um, you know putting that big banner all out making sure it was all fine um, and then putting all of the, the the flags in all the various different places um, and to 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 be told by so many of the players during the season in the podcasts we did and, and after the seasons, you know, in the celebrations, that they did feel a tangible benefit. And to have so many different fans tweet us, direct message us, and 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 in, you still get the odd one who says, you know, you shouldn't be twirling heavy scarfs; it might get in my good eye or, or whatever. And that's a genuine. <laughs> gen- that's a great point. Genuine complaint yeah. um, and, and 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 things like that that they become more and more in the minority. And and it's just it's just a, the the ACN account is just a. A swathe of fans, kind of patting patting the boys on the back and saying, and the girls, you know, saying you've done you've done a fantastic job. Honestly, I think it, obviously we've had a lot, a lot of promotions recently. I think in ten twenty years time, we will look back at this season, and one of the things that people will remember will be that was the year, that was the promotion where we had the flags, where we had the banners, where the crowd really got behind the team. And yeah, as Michael says, it's so much thanks to you guys and bit of a chicken and egg thing isn't it and we could go on about it for ages what comes first the players performances or the atmosphere there's no doubt that they help one another well as Lorne always says on that point um, there's if you go into any away game um, unless we are properly at the bottom of the table um, there's plenty of singing in the concourse so the play- and the players haven't kicked the ball yet so if you can sing and you can create an atmosphere with a pie and a pint you know 20 minutes before kickoff, why can't you do it at two minutes gone so True. yeah absolutely have, have you got a favourite moment of it all is there a bit that sticks out um, I think it was the Pride of Anglia banner um, against us. That, that was it. Just it was such. I mean, Ben, ben Robot Canary on Twitter it deserves huge credit. We had lot, lot, we had several different designers who do t-shirts and flags and banners for us. But um, that Pride of Anglia banner was just superb with Brucey on there and and Redmond and and, and Wesley and, and and Grant and just seeing that unveiled was 
that was that was incredible that that really felt like because that looked like that looked like ultras that looked like what the boys had been sketching and that was the that was basically the crux of the pitch to the club right at the start it could get to this mm. um, and and you know it, it just looked superb it did all through the season just phenomenal stuff Let's move on, shall we? Go on to the city ground where Norwich picked up a fantastic 2-1 win at Forest. They were behind as well early on. Lewis Graben, I can still picture him now, staring up at the Norwich fans longingly as he'd uh, celebrated his goal just by staring at them. Um, in the league now, isn't he? Touche. And bizarrely, Tim Close's double was what gave Norwich the win late on. But there was a chance in the first half. It was a really flowing move. It got cut out and used on social afterwards. Look at the football Norwich are trying to play. This is great. This is like this was. Well, that was a lovely move from Norwich. And I think little did we know that that sort of move, Hernandez hit the post, didn't he, at the end of it, um, was going to be, I, I guess, Im- embodied in everything that Norwich kind of went on and did for, the, well, in, in reality, the rest of the season. Yeah, it's funny to look back now and think that yeah at that point we weren't really used to that but but it became almost like a typical Norwich City move didn't it um, and obviously would have been probably one of well top 10 goals of the season yeah, had an yeah. end like it. Well, I don't know um, yeah obviously the irony being that we the two goals we scored were fairly scrappy type goals the like of which we didn't see that many of um, obviously Closer showing his goal scoring talent um, scored four in three one of them at the wrong end clearly but um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think the hardest one was probably the own goal actually um, but yeah the first defender to score twice in a game since rusted against Man City in December 2012 and yeah he just found his goal scoring touch and a huge win actually because I do remember when Graben scored thinking here we go false false dawn I'm kind of glass of empty as Tom has said um, and and the fact that they turned it around again just gave you the feeling of oh hold on a minute maybe there is something happening here and I remember again not wishing to revolve around social media entirely there was quite a positive reaction to our Norwich played from the Forest fans after that game which is for the first time it sort of popped up like that again which there was a theme throughout the season like a number I remember the, the Bolton lot um, uh, the Blackburn lot se- several of them said after the games do you know what you have, you've, you've come and, and really kind of doled out a, a whooping to us here um, and you know you didn't just beat us you, you clearly are the best team that, that we've played um, and I think that that's that kind of you take that away from this season probably more than the, the people that were busy you know trolling you <laughs> certainly me um, Tim Tim Closer Steve just mentioned him I mean he, we didn't really, really see him much at the second half of the season but you kind of felt how happy he was playing in this side under Daniel Farker in this period didn't you well the, 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 that's Bielsa um, the, <laughs> the, the players in case we get him in the cup um, the, the players kept mentioning him and, and I know that you're not going to dig out a teammate and you're, you're going to you are going to say the right things so like when you've got Godfrey and um, and, the, and the like saying well look close Tim Tim is really helping Grant is really helping that yes they ha- they can't say negative things but they don't have to keep banging that same drum every time there's an Archant microphone in front of them but they kept saying how much of an positive influence the senior lads were being and I and I, I don't think that any of them are canny enough necessarily to keep like have that as a narrative that they've been told by Joe Ferrari or someone else make sure you say that to do you know what I mean I don't think that's media training goes that far at Colney um, and, and so I, I think I think it's a genuine thing I think I think genuinely Tim and, and Grant in particular with that with what was it 
26, 20, 21, like such a young back four. Um, I don't think they could have been as, you know, I think mentally, I think he, Tim did a great deal of, of good in the, in, the, in the second half of the season. I think, well, I don't know if your recollection is different to mine. I, I would have said Close would have been in the running for player of the season before he got injured. I mean, he, he didn't really make too many errors. He came up with some crucial goals. Four goals he scored were worth five points to us. So... He was kind of another one of those that was victim of circumstance and he lost his place and the guy that came in to replace him was so good that he never got it back again. But um, as Tom's already said it really, he just doesn't seem like the kind of guy that's going to kick up a fuss at not being in the side. He just wants the team to do well. Well, I remember character-wise when we got relegated from the Premier League um, and he it was the World Cup or it was the Euros and he was due to go with Switzerland and he had hit back had something that he could have played if he'd have taken some painkiller injections but that might have put him at risk and I remember speaking at the end of the season due to the uh, club doctor or one, you know, one of the physio staff about that and they said about how he, he said no I'm, you know, I, want, I want to help the team out if you, know, if you can get me on the pitch get me on the pitch and they were saying well, yeah but you could, you could hurt yourself and you might not, might not go so you know, there, there, there has been evidence of, of, some, of some good character there Absolutely. It's just a shame we didn't hear more about his boat because that was basically what kept Norwich afloat last season. Tim Close's boat or, um, that he was um, paddling to wherever it was, mid-table, basically. But fortunately, they found a nice cruise ship for this season, so that's quite handy. Uh, let's go on then, shall we, to uh, back to Carrow Road where Norwich hosted Aston Villa. This was a cracking game, by the way, against a very good side, by the way, and definitely included my goal of the season, by the way. And the one with the four million passes. Yes. Yeah. It, 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 never win a goal of the, never win a goal of the month goal of whatever competition. It's probably only going to be the last three or four passes on any kind of video. But yeah, I think the highlights, the official club highlights, only had the last three, two, two or three. Yeah. It's a work of art. Yeah, it, it's beautiful. And you know, we were talking earlier about when when did you start to think you know this this season was going to become something. And um, that was another example of a a big team who were deemed to be a big team at that nearly halfway point in the season, but um, you know both beforehand and um, with the players they had available, the budget they had available, and then obviously have turned out as, as playoff finalists as as one of the larger scalps. Um, and I remember us actually being really quite comfortable at times. Like they they offered a lot, but. It wasn't. Um, I, I, I remember this season from a, from a Tim Krull point of view. As I don't remember him having that much to do in the first half of the season. He some of, more of his like big saves seemed to at crucial moments seemed to come in the later games. Um, and and whilst they gave a good account of themselves and they looked like a good team, again I don't remember us being too under the cosh in that game. Indeed, and. It- coming from behind was it was a key point as well because in that sort of situation Villa getting themselves ahead could have painted a, a difficult picture yeah it could and and actually um, you're right they didn't have too many chances there was that kind of I know I've got various sliding doors moments this season <laughs> but that one where Abraham had its kind of scuffed shot that hit the post and Aaron did a brilliant block was it to deny a doma maybe I can't remember who it was now but that would have been 2-0 um, and then the second half they came out Rhodes scored quite early didn't he his first goal and from then on it was Norwich on top really um, yeah I mean the, the comebacks from the comebacks in the second half thing obviously this was two in a row um, and we hadn't done two in a row in league games since the two very first games of the Premier League against Arsenal and Chelsea i.e. losing at half time to wow. win at, at full time so it was a hell of a long time since we'd done it and uh, five in total this season um, I can't reel the others off the top of my head but we'll come to them I'm sure I think these were the first two this season um, and we had more 
we had more comebacks from losing at half time to winning at full time in under Farker, i.e. seven in the last two seasons, than we had in the whole of the 1980s. That might be the nerdiest stat that you get across all five of these. Um, but, but I thought it was a point worth making. And yeah, only behind 55 and 56 in terms of the number of points we picked up. So something about Farker's half time team talk, don't know what it is, but um, the number of times that we came back from a losing position at half-time, four times at Carrot Road, um, and this was another great example of it. We've got to touch on Jordan Rhodes as well, because he was played up top on his own initially, with Pookie sort of tucked in behind, and actually, looking and go back at it now, Pookie was still, you know, clocking up a few goals in that period, but um, he then had to sort of bide his time a lot once Timu got the, the main gig. At this point, I think Timu had a, had a niggle, didn't he, after um, being away on international duty, so it was uh, QU Jordan Rhodes and came up with a lovely header and then what was a wonderful finish to this wonderful goal. And he did just chip in with important moments, being getting in people's way, being delivering the goal himself. I, I really hope he signs because we can afford him and I, I, he's one of those where I don't really mind if he doesn't play and I don't he doesn't he doesn't seem to mind if he doesn't either <laughs> like, he just he's just genuinely I mean obviously he's the nicest man in football you know TM everyone knows that um, and he having him around the squad having him warming up and, and acting as cheerleader for the for the snake pit um, he, he just seems to be a fantastic influence around, around the team and he ha- he has had three or five minute cameos at the end of games sometimes just in stoppage time to, to you know wait because Daniel likes to save his substitutions just to kill time at the end of the game which frustrates me a lot but that he has won the league so I guess you have to go with it <laughs> um, but we, we he quite often will do like a three or five minute job but in that three or five minute job there'll be one fantastic piece of centre forward play where he'll get in behind and go to the corner or he'll kill a bit of time in a, in a, in a really kind of veteran strike way and, I, and I, I, I just can't help but think that that Bearing in mind that knowing what the recruitment is is very likely to be this summer, i.e. people we haven't heard of from the second tier of countries whose football we don't watch very often, <laughs> being better than anyone that we've heard of, therefore we're unlikely to get a striker in that mould. Like that, that, that doesn't meet, that doesn't spell around thirty age veteran striker with like four hundred games on his belt. Or you know, and so I, I think he could be invaluable next season to do a few 10, 15 minute cameos. Yeah, um, he actually made more sub appearances this season than any Norwich City players in history in a single season. He wow. came off the bench wow. 29, wow. 29 times. Stuff. Yeah, it was you and Roberts in the. Oh, three, oh, four yeah. season before that. Wow. So yeah, so those three or five minute cameos. I don't know how many of those were that short amount of time. But he, yeah, he, he regularly less than ten. Yeah, Reg- regularly eighty plus minutes, wasn't it? But you, it, the same as the same as closer. Really, he just doesn't seem like the sort of guy he, to to kick up a fuss about it. It was actually after this game. Um, it might have been speaking to to you guys actually. I don't know whether it was you or the club or Chris, but it, it, he he gave an interview where he spoke about how much he loved being part of the Norwich City dressing room and he just sounded so genuine he just sounded like he'd had two or three years in places we didn't really get on and now he'd found somewhere where he loved playing and for that reason he might be worth a punt again next season but hey we'll leave it at that <laughs> whatever happens he's had his a stellar Norwich City season and played a crucial part in, in the success spoiler alert uh, Norwich went on from Villa uh, to another home game against Brentford they won it 1-0 most people have completely forgotten about this goal uh, this game other than Emmy Buendia's goal which was gorgeous it was about massive punt long forward bounced off his toe went in that's exactly not what happened by the way beautiful raking ball just a Magi- magician's touch from Emi Buendia what we've probably forgotten is that um, Mopai at that point probably top scorer in the division I don't know missed from three yards an open goal 
Was that on? Was that at the River End? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just right under the boat, like Ronnie Rosenthal yeah. style. Yeah. <laughs> I laughed. Nuts. <laughs> Nuts. And you just look at these sinks going. You know, I'd completely forgotten about that actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very, very similar. Um, sorry, just we've we've given with one hand Jordan Rhodes, and now we're going to take away. But this was another missed penalty game, wasn't it? Was, it? Yes. Um, and I, I has there ever been a player miss that many penalties in a season and not be an utter villain? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. To have, to have missed well, to miss. Tom, it's funny <laughs> you should ask. <laughs> this is not prepared. Um, so only two players have missed penalties twice in the same season this century uh, Graben um, the year we went up uh, in the playoffs and Wes the year we went up under Lambert so all three times we've got promoted so he, missed, he, missed, he missed two penalties and got sent off for punching someone um, and got promoted via the playoffs but still wasn't popular so Graben that, you mean yeah, yeah. Whereas, whereas, yeah. Whereas, in the end yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I no. think he was popular then I don't think he was <laughs> I don't think he was you can't imagine Jordan doing this doing the stare up yeah, to the no, uh, away no. section if he ever no, saw he's one of us he yeah, hates switch. I love that so the point is if Norwich next time they're in the championship if that ever happens um, they miss two uh, player misses two penalties in the same season quids in uh, I love it with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, Norwich after Brentford, picking up um, that win, went off to, um, well, ultimately end their Carabao Cup run in the fourth round at Premier League Bournemouth. Now, this was a cracking game and actually... uh Although Bournemouth made a lot of changes, they still had what was a very, very decent side. And Norwich played really well. They created so many chances. We talked about the chances earlier. Probably should have won it. Jordan Rhodes actually had a brilliant chance to equalise in the last minute and headed wide. He probably still doesn't know how he missed that. Um, Now, so I I suppose it's hard not to think of that game and think of what happens next season. But in terms of taking on a Premier League side then, I think it it sort of um, put down a little marker. I hate that expression. You you talk... You shouldn't use it then. Um, You talk about... um, themes of the season and that was the the game that we in the, the the on our pod the months afterwards we kept referring back to as that was the game where it became clear that actually you seem to be able to just like whip anyone out and stick anyone in and fark ball continues like that that was the game where everyone went oh okay because we had quite a settled squad for the, the previous few games that when we'd been on this good run and it was like oh okay so now we we up the opposition only narrowly lost away from home um, but the the style of football and the quality of football and the, the types of chances we're creating are exactly the same, even though we've made all of these changes. So I, I think uh, you know, putting down a marker, I think, is exactly what it did. Well, at least I used the expression in the right context, mm. and it takes us perfectly into the trip to Hillsborough where Norwich beat Sheffield Wednesday 4-0 they scored all four four goals in the second half and they certainly took on what they were doing at Bournemouth and did it with style Steve yeah I mean that was that was up there with the performances of the season I mean Sheffield Wednesday were not great Um, it's it's funny um, kind of thinking back to it we weren't fantastic in the first half and Sheffield Wednesday had chances to take the lead obviously all four goals that we scored came in the second half so it could have been different Um, but um, it, was it the second goal or the third one? It was the third one, wasn't it? The um, 
the Vrancic yeah. pass to Aaron's to play into Puki, and that again became like a signature move for us throughout the season, didn't it? Um, and was another one of those moments where you thought, okay, we are capable of, of really pulling something together from this season. Especially given it was starting November, which I remember and had spoken a lot about um, November being pretty awful in terms of Norwich City. Are we going to come do that one now, or do you want to yeah, do it in a bit? I can pull that one out for you now. It was the first win in 10 games um, in November and first one for four years. So, yeah, it was, like you say, quite often that was a time when it all would fall apart for us, but not this year. And winning at Hillsborough, which is always good fun. Uh, one, one goal that's worth mentioning on that game was the, that was the, I can't remember if it was the first or second one where Max Aaron's picked up the ball on the edge of his own area and just went right. Well, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna run all the way yeah, down the pitch now. And he, he went, yeah, he went, went past our like two or three. And again, that, but even more so than what happened later in the finish, yeah. that that was one of those games where I felt that that performance. Um, that whole game he, he, he'd he come of age in multiple different times but that was another one where he took another step forward and went oh wow this guy yeah. really is something yeah I agreed and just another quick point actually because we've done penalties another missed pen in this one wasn't there yeah um, we've almost forgotten about it Mario's pen um, we'll talk about missed penalties I'm sure later on um, but this was I think the worst one of the lot I mean none of them were great but this one was particularly bad um, but it didn't matter clearly in the end Mario Vrancic you missed it yeah. we'll forgive him that for what he gets he's up to done, later he's done a fair few good things since hasn't he spoiler alert uh, it was also featuring a rare Dennis Trebeni goal mm. oh. yeah and um, just to give you another sub stat uh, most appearances in a single season without actually starting a game in the league he came off the bench 15 times never started a match I don't know I, I, again he kind of seems happy enough with his lot doesn't he Dennis and he's got this sort of cult following um, I feel like we we may never truly find out what he can do which is sort of sad but um, he, he certainly looked a better player when he came on this season to the games he played last Birmingham Cardiff Birmingham was superb I mean like that that last 15 minute foray or whatever he had he just suddenly turned into Messi it's unbelievable mm-hmm. um, but, but yeah I, I, personally yeah, seems like a nice lad, but I don't think he's necessarily got a huge. Let's not worry long about career. that. Let's <laughs> worry about it. He wears an icon cap. What more do people want? Um, so obviously Hillsborough. I want a bit more than that. Actually, <laughs> like in, in my footballers, yeah, Probably not in their yeah. scouting reports. In yeah. fairness, uh, well, Sheffield Wednesday, Hillsborough. The trip for Norwich City fans phenomenal. They got to sing "We Are Top of the League." I think for the first time this season, it might have been. Yes. Good Um And of course, that was a very good one. Maybe it was uh, the favourite away trip of the season. Let's hear uh, some of the thoughts of the fans on what their favourite trip was this season. Been to four this season Forest, Leeds, Middlesbrough, and Wigan. Two favourites out of those would be Leeds away, just because why? What a performance. Borough away because when we arrived at our hotel prior to the game there was uh, a team bus outside and the team was still in the hotel having stayed there the night before so that was a nice surprise and getting to see the team prior to the game was fantastic and Zimbo's clearance off the line again wow Keep going! Master! Yes! 
Carrow Road then. Um, talking about favourite away trips of the season. Lots of conversations come the end of the season about the game that stood out to them. This one, Millwall at home, a 4-3 win. Um, I think it got constantly referred to. Lots went on. I don't know how we're going to sum it up in a couple of minutes, but is it was it the game of the season for you? Uh, yeah, the this this was the one where Michael Bailey, um, a guy on on Twitter I follow, um, said uh, you 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 there were several tweets because I and I was I was following afterwards, so I was at the game, but then looking back, through, I, I quite often go through Michael's timeline afterwards um, because it's quite funny. No, because it's quite funny, funny. to see how 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 disappointed and, and, and disheartened you were at kind of 86 minutes or whatever and, and you're going well, do you know what getting a point that's fantastic etc and, and then after the fourth goal went in you didn't do your capital letters goal save draft template or however you do it so quickly you and Paddy don't understand it but um, you just said yup I believe now and, 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 and that, that tweet I remember that throughout the season is from that point onwards, not just because you told me to, but I, I think it was Millwall at home is a point where we went, yeah, we, that sort of thing. It's like the Derby's, you know, the, the you know Simeon Jackson goal. Moments like that, they only tend to happen in in seasons like this. You don't tend to get them in in seasons where you finish eighth. No, that is very true. And I, I mean, I remember for all that happened throughout the rest of the season, I remember the noise of the mill of that of that yeah. winner. It was a it was a guttural roar. It was just an exceptional noise that kind of said it from all twenty five six thousand people inside. Yeah, and it just felt like that it was, there was that belief that we were going to do it. I mean, I remember when Rhodes scored his equaliser, went and picked the ball out of the net as as if to say we've still got time to win this. And that's a, like you say, it's not the the sign of a team that's going to come eighth in the league. It's it's a team that think. And that was like the ninety third minute exactly. <laughs> As it was, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's probably some stats on that, unless yeah, yeah. I think it was. Uh, I haven't got that in front of me. Oh. Uh, you've you've oh, teamed oh, me up, oh, and I've, yeah, I've completely so swung and missed. But Timu's was 97, yeah. so uh, that's the latest winner that we've had this century. Um, I mean, to be honest, with a game like this, stats just become irrelevant because it's just blown so many records out of the water. I mean, it, it was 1-1 in the 80th minute um, before Lightner scored, and we thought that was it. The lead changed hands four times in the game, so they had the lead twice, we had the lead twice. Um, and the other thing to take away from this, I thought, was the pass from Buendia for Rhodes' equaliser and the pass from Mario for Pukki's winner, ultimately. Yeah. It's two unbelievable balls under pressure. Normally when you score goals like this, you associate it with being long ball into the box Curly. or whatever. But this was, it was just two class goals. I think the way... If, if Lionel Messi had played that ball that Buendia played, then people would be raving at it because he's literally picked out Jordan Rhodes in acres through about four people. It's a, it's, an, it's the pass of the season. It's a truly incredible, incredible pass um, that led to an incredible finish. Nuts. Really. I prefer Zimmerman's pass at Bolton away over the top to uh, to to Pukki. Yeah, You're a bit more agricultural, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, it's fair enough. We'll take it. Fair enough. What what uh, an occasion, and as you said, just the chops and changes, and, and I suppose ultimately a game where Norwich had all their shortcomings <laughs> to conceded a goal from a set piece. You know, couldn't hold on to the lead, kept switching off at times. Still won the game, didn't they? It didn't matter. We could indeed. Uh, we've got only one more game from this little group, which was a trip to Wales, South Wales to Swansea. Won't have to miss uh, make a. Trip to Wales next season then anyway um, now I remember coming away from this game actually thinking well this might it, this might be as good as it gets <laughs> just because Norwich blitzed them and actually I remember listening uh, catching again the other day the commentary from uh, Chris Gorham saying um, 
well, Norwich has scored against the run of play and it was an own goal and that, that was to make it 1-0 of course then Norwich went and to, to kind of run the game but I suppose they just were able to make the difference when they needed to This was an example of uh, uh, what became referred to in my memory as like a business as usual win you know it was just like yeah we're racking up three, four goals away from home and you think we scored four away from home and looked really, really good. And you and 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 you look at the stats away from home like this season, um, and and what they've been like in the past following Norwich. And we've now become accustomed to tra- travelling in expectation. And that is just one of the mo- like again. I meant to, but at the start, I mentioned this is a season of you know breaking the odds and breaking the, sm- the stats and surpri- pleasant surprises to kind of get in the car on the start of a Saturday or, or a Sunday in expectation of not only seeing good football not only seeing more possession but yeah, probably score three or four today <laughs> it's just it's crazy that that's now the norm which is hard when you're in the season because you're literally trying to remind people look don't, don't get carried away this is pretty tough and then they go and do this you're like oh well, you're fair enough you got it yeah. right there but uh, and I mean likewise with Swansea and it was the, the theme for both games against Swansea a good side Graham Potter really trying to turn them into I guess Norwich but he's He's still got 12 months down the path to do it and he's probably not there anymore to be honest so, yeah, yeah yeah I yeah. think that's probably this afternoon now you know when we're recording but um, yeah I mean it, it was it was a challenge because I kind of expected if Swansea got themselves going there might be more of a they might be more uh, sort of round about it come the second half of the season but they weren't and probably because they got taken apart by Norwich and, and other teams like yeah I mean this was my I believe now game to be honest just because like you said it became business as usual we were kind of routinely taking teams apart this is completely different to the previous two games because we were three up weren't we within I think the first half an hour or certainly the first 40 minutes um, and just against a good side away from home um, talk about scoring three or four this was the first time for uh, 85 years that we scored four in three successive games so again records just falling down all over the place that's how good this team were and yeah I, we kind of didn't really give them a sniff um, and a good you know a, a tough game on paper and we absolutely ran right again and yeah to me this was the one where I thought well this team it's going to take something good to, to stop them now and it was nice that they didn't actually need the late goals because as we noticed from the Millwall game um, those number of goals that Norwich had got from um, what was it the last from the 80th minute onwards yeah that's right um, yeah as you say didn't, didn't need it for this one but um, certainly used it a few times this season um, 23 goals a season from the 80th minute onwards which which gained us 20 extra points without which clearly we would not have been promoted um, easy to say obviously but um, yeah and I thought it would be worth a comparison with the Lambert season because yeah. it's it's bettered anything that he's done and it's always nice to remind ourselves that we're doing better than the Lambert years now as well isn't it right so um, yeah, just another thing that underlines what an incredible season it was. You agree with that now, Tom? Would you? Oh, very much so. Yeah, we we set out at the start of the season the things that we all felt needed to be better than the previous year, and 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 one by one, the manager and and the players proved that they were able to satisfy any any doubts that anyone could have over this squad and this management's capability. Which leaves us to have a look at the table as we wrap up this delicious second part. Um, Eighteen games played at this point. Norwich were top from Middlesbrough. I mean, you could look at the shape of that table. It's not too too dissimilar from how things finished, actually, given we're 18 games into the season. But um, it's funny, isn't it? I, we were probably looking at it at the time thinking, yeah, but some way to go. 
We, we were, but we were winning so comfortably, um, and it's, it's hard not to get carried away when you are top of the table. The thing that I noticed from that table the most is is Borough and um, the the stat that I heard when we I think when we beat Borough later in the season, that was the first time they dropped out of the top six after they got they were in it after the second game or something, right. and then they were in the top six for about five months, yeah. and and then obviously to to not be present at all in the playoffs is quite funny, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you said it, Tom. You said it. Yeah, I'm just looking at that table and thinking actually Swansea were doing even better than I thought. Um, good goal difference not far from the playoffs and we went there completely dismantled them so um, yeah like you say it could kind of take a shape only really Villa that moved up but this is where we were picking up momentum at this point and it would only get better <gasps> two parts down three to go of our Norwich City season review uh, will it continue in such glorious ways catch part three to find out uh, when we'll be at City's own theatre of dreams with a man known as the voice of this Norwich City vintage uh, until then big thanks Tom thanks Thank for you. joining us Thank much you. appreciated uh, big plans for next season I very, very very much so do you look at all those um, big European you know, walls and all sorts going on and think, oh yeah, we could do that? that that's always been the dream and the, 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 the Premier League is a fantastic uh, stage for us to, to hopefully get some admiring glances from across Europe to look at what Norwich are doing and, and trying to start copying us. That's exciting. About this season though, perfect season? Uh, yeah, I, I, I still think for one-off moment, playoff final is the best day in football there will ever be. Um, winning at Wembley and going up but but in terms of his complete season the way the fans the flags everything yeah perfect well done for your part and the boys obviously mostly the boys mostly the boys <laughs> but well done yourself for Billy's being here and talking about it um, thanks Steve we'll be reunited for uh, part three looking forward to that yeah yes yeah, uh, more good stuff to come again spoiler alert but um, yeah you know, but I wonder if anyone hasn't doesn't know what, yeah. how, how this is like woken up from a coma go, yeah I'm not going to go on Google I'm going to watch the, the I'm going to watch all season <laughs> yeah. so that I can catch the review at the end of it To fi- I'm really sorry if you've done that because we've blown it like yeah. several times anyway uh, we will be back in the meantime thanks to these guys thanks to Tony and uh, uh, thanks for watching and listening Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.